0: Hello, this is Peter Morville, and today I'm talking with Jim Young about planning. Jim is the Chief Learning Officer of the Society for College and University Planning, or SCUP, which is a non-profit membership organization dedicated to advancing integrated planning in higher education. Jim and I actually knew each other uh, as students at the University of Michigan's School of Information and Library Studies way back in 1993. But we haven't uh, done a good job of keeping in touch, so this is our our first chance to catch up in a little over 20 years. Hi, Jim.
1: Thank you, Peter. Great seeing you again. Great to see you. Delightful.
0: So maybe you can uh, kick things off and and tell us a little bit about your path from those library school days to
1: to here at SCUB. Pretty interesting path Um, throughout my career, um, almost by design, although I have a different vantage point on it now that I'm older. Uh, My entire career has been built around crossing boundaries. And so the concept of integration has been central to my thinking, my research, um, towards any design work that I've done. And uh, I've really applied it not only in practice, but also um, as really my driver uh, my, my career identity is, is around the notion of integration. Uh-huh. So I entered into the world of libraries at an opportune time, as we both know, um, a time of possibility in which you didn't necessarily have to work in the institution of libraries, but you can actually do something um, using that as a vehicle for entrepreneurship and do some really interesting creative things sure. in the early 90s through up through 2000. And so, My arc, career-wise, from uh, University of Michigan School of Information, Uh, first thing I did was I went into distance learning, so kind of serving students all around the world, uh, helping them with their information needs. This is before the web went technicolor. It was like gophers and early internet um, vehicles. And then uh, three, four years doing that. And then I went to George Mason, which it was um, perhaps solidified and reinforced my my path. So um, we're opening up a brand new library at George Mason, which was all built around um, learning communities. And the the phrase information commons was hot then. It was a, a wildly massive experiment in integrating things using physical space that wouldn't otherwise um, be together. So it was a student union, a library, classrooms. Basically, was a town square, um, about the size of two football fields, uh, integrated, wide open, with stacks right in the middle of it. Um, that was that was hot in '96. Was there for about ten years. Concurrently with that, um, worked uh, also worked for an organization at Mason called New Century College. A new century college had started, also in the mid '90s, and it was an experiment in how you design what we would now call intentional, like flipped classrooms. You know that phrase, um, maybe as much as you did five years ago, but it was all based off a learning community model, and everybody went through the program got degrees in integrative studies. So it was all about intentionality and crossing boundaries and blending um, disciplines. Uh, to apply what you might learn in a particular context and add it to another. So I was a professional librarian there. I taught. I was working on my doctorate, which was um, a study of expertise, um, how experts learn outside the domain of their expertise. Mm. So I was kind of melding three professional roles simultaneously, and that was when I started to become a real student of the notion of integration. Uh, When I say integration across boundaries, the the example of interdisciplinarity as it relates to integration, uh, the example of integrating um, designed service models into the lifeblood of a student experience, and the integration of people and ideas for new possibilities. So there's, there's so many different ways that I've thought about it While I was also studying for my dissertation how disparate experts um, cross boundaries to create culture to ultimately design and teach uh, learning community classes, kind of out there radical learning community classes. Um, Two other... um, I then left to become a chief information officer, so I was a chief information officer for about six years. At a startup university which is an absolute anomaly and the path of uh, integration continued there but it was more um, i learned a lot about something i didn't know about which was infrastructure and the notion of integration on the back end of using technology systems to basically build an institution from the ground floor up um and then the other notion back to my earlier comment um integrating um, a designed service environment into the lifeblood of an institution. So the whole institution was based off designed integration. (coughs) Excuse me. And I continued, I was very active. I had a faculty role there. I was very active in uh, helping us design what I learned in new century to apply to Harrisburg University to say, how do we create, um, how do we design, I should say design, it's not even really create. Um, a, um, a learning platform, more curricular than technology, um, that will allow the students the freedom to discover and explore and um, apply um, in, in, in ways that transcend kind of traditional pedagogy. Left there, took a chief of staff job at Lehigh for three years, and then um, learned about this role. Um, was was approached and recruited, and I now work for SCUP in a newly created role of Chief Learning Officer, and in lots of ways it uh, ties together a lot of what I've done throughout my career, um, which is, um, I haven't used the word yet, but strategy work. Mm-hmm. Probably wouldn't have used that word the first 10 years of my career, but in retrospect, that's exactly what I was doing, was... Um, Developing frameworks and designing environments um, that serve as vehicle for change in teaching and learning. So here as a chief learning officer, my job, working with our president, who's also new, is to transform SCOP, turn it into a learning environment. And our vehicle for change, um, as you said at the beginning, is integrated planning, which I can go into more.
0: Yeah, so thanks, thanks for that. Uh. Trip report. <laughs> it, That's it, the journey. <laughs> it is funny how uh, we could never have really imagined these journeys in
1: advance, but they seem to sort of make sense. And you see the common threads when you look back. Uh, I, I totally agree. Yeah, it is. It's I've, I can see the threads. Yeah, they might not have been intentional as I was looking up. Right, right. I agree.
0: So yeah, so let's um, let's talk about Scott. My my understanding. Is that SCUP was founded in the 1960s with a focus on master planning, right? right. So on the, exactly. the buildings and landscapes and the paths and places that make up the physical campus. Um, but that over the years, it's expanded to everything from strategic planning at the institutional level uh, to working with individual units on the unique challenges they face. So mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about that that scope, right? So you're looking at planning at, at, such a, at such a breadth of, mm-hmm. of, of ways.
1: Um, accurate description. So, um, camp, uh, campus planning, uh, physical campus planning, planning for the built environment is not only in our founding, it's, it's a durable construct. It's a durable thread to this day. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of our, um, members and a lot of our corporate partners, um, they are creatives. They are architects and they're designers. Um, oftentimes, people use the misnomer and call us a facilities organization. That's never really been true. Um, we would be the people who um, use foresight and planning to, uh, how do we, develop the physical, what is the physical manifestation of change on a campus over time? Mm-hmm. That metaphor has been extended, as you said, across all planning disciplines, whether it's resource and budget, academic planning, uh, long term strategy work, short term immediate planning. Um, That's most of our bread and butter. We are now designing an organization in which we can reach into any planning discipline, which Uh are, as you might expect, applied. So you would take uh, the fundamentals of particular planning framework and apply it in a particular working context like advancement or student affairs or libraries or information technology it's a very long tail so our journey there is really been focused on three things and you may get to the question of integrated planning so i can probably approach it then i don't know if you want to the three areas of focus while we um, invest and um, uh, build up the organization and preparing for its, its transformation, are um, organizational identity, um, which is a larger umbrella phrase for things that include uh, branding and uh, in-depth core competency work. Uh, organizational identity is actually the phrase that we've dwelled upon, and it's the right phrase for an organization that's trying to um, pivot Um, trying to define itself more clearly in a way that most fairly ambiguous brand. So it's kind of been a struggle to reach new markets, kind of an in the tent, historically in the tent organization. And once you're in the tent, people recognize that it's a pretty exciting place with the potential for innovation. But if you're outside the tent Mm -hmm. and you are, you only have so many choices for your association dollar or your, Know, vehicle for change you, right. you tend not to, to engage or even, even look at what Scott might be so organizational identity is number one our second investment point for transformation is something we're calling content discoverability which is the um, one of the main pillars would be the field that you created you and Lou if I can if I'm saying that correctly um, giving you that credit <laughs> yeah, Sure, <laughs> I'll take it um <laughs> Is information architecture so information architecture um, what uh, how in what ways can we modernize our organization by um, understanding substantially more about our users and our user communities mm-hmm. what they want how they want it in a way that transcends kind of a broader kind of a hunch perspective on how people um, uh, find and discover information and to, to use it and apply yeah. it to help them solve problems which is what planners do um, so the content discoverability project is our relationship with Tug. So we're working with yeah. Tug for, I don't know, 18 plus months, depending on how you go. We've known Bob for like two years and working with his team. And that is for us a real vehicle for change. Uh, so you take organizational identity, some intentionality around who we are, what we do, where we're going, specificity, all based around strategic discipline and, Disciplined execution and then content discoverability is kind of the anchor, of the kind of the back end, but intentionality tied together with that organizational identity project um, is really opening up new possibilities mm-hmm. as an organization. So it's almost the way we like to refer to it um, growth through focus. Um, we, we fear or we believe that SCUP has been run like a university. It's kind of like replicated in the the organizations that it's trying to help. Um, So in large part, you know, um, inefficient, kind of averse to change, uh, rigid, um, culturally and structurally. Um, Absolutely the want and the energy and the ideas for change, but no real sense of how to do that. So we have not really taken our own medicine all these years. We've not been a strategic organization. So we're going to do something radical, which is to live up to our mission and vision. <laughs> so that's what our present name is Mike Moss. Mike and I talk about that all the time. When change starts to feel hard um, to the volunteer leaders, we bring it right back down. And say, so, you know, our transformative mo- moment is to live up to our mission and vision. Yeah. Uh, the third area, relatedly, is to really take a fairly sleepy traditional um, learning model and transform that into a robust professional learning model through an increased understanding of the wants, needs, and concerns of our customers (coughs) through some rich value proposition work and business model canvas and really trying to shift us into an an innovation space that we can become a design shop for Selling the value proposition of something that we believe has the potential um, to help transform universities, mm-hmm. which is um, absolutely helping people plan within their domains, which are complex enough, but then to also create new and emergent models for how um, <clears throat> to people to take that domain planning, whether you're in IT or libraries or you're in academic department or you're in the built environment or you're in financial aid. What are the models of practice that we can develop a value proposition for and develop content and experiences that allow people to do that better than they've ever done it before? And it all kind of starts with (coughs) the value proposition of the word planning, uh, which we feel, uh, as as you said, I think before you turned the tape recorder on, um, there's a gap there, and there's uh, kind of some cultural baggage with that word, with that phrase. Mm-hmm. And we believe that that's our exciting potential. And we've only begun to tap the market for people once you start to unbundle, rebundle, and sharpen the potentials of what planning is, especially integrated planning, which doesn't roll off the tongue. It's exactly what we should be doing. To yeah. um, so me, we, we may put that in the background as opposed to the forefront because it doesn't sell. that uh, We've learned from our market studies, market outreach, um, but it's absolutely the the the, the currency and the engine for for the future. Um, how do we? These are complex organizations. These universities are communities of communities, and there's right. lots of different cultural impediments to change, structural impediments to change, everyone speaks different languages, they care about different things, whether you're a student, faculty member, researcher, administrator, finance person, librarian, technologist. Um, how do we leverage the commonalities across those boundaries yeah. to create really exciting futures? Yeah.
0: Yes, yeah, so I know I know this phrase integrated planning is really important, so let's dig into that sure. a little bit. Tell, tell us what, sure. what what's meant by that.
1: Uh, Well, we have an official definition, but the way that I like to frame it is it's navigating complexity across boundaries, Um, which is what I've been uh, trying to explain. Um, The official definition is um, a sustainable approach to planning that builds relationships, aligns the institution, um, all in preparedness for change. So it has four elements. Um it's sustainable meaning uh, most planning models are um, episodic and they're burstable and they're, they're not really sustainable. They're often driven by uh, we have a new president or there is enough of a shift in the external environment and we recognize we're not keeping pace. And we would argue, well, you're not keeping pace because you're not planning and planning is viewed as something that's, um, kind of an exhausting, doesn't really have a really good brand to it. It's, mm-hmm. it's a necessary required evil. It's not an exciting vehicle for one to leap to the next level sure. together. Um, so we believe the value proposition for the notion of planning, when you start to expand it away from what one does in preparation to the germination, the preparation, the development, the execution, and the practice, and you start to think of planning as this market basket full of logical goods, and you develop frameworks that we borrow from different disciplines. Um, as you might imagine, organizational change. Uh, we look to the innovation literature. Um, we uh, dabble in borrowing from you know how do you create change in nonprofit organizations. Um, we, we absolutely look to sources like Harvard Business Review, um, any number of different disciplines that, that touch upon change environments. It's all throughout the social sciences. Um, how do we apply those? And, and I would say one other thing. Um, it, it's somewhat settled science. Um, there, what we've been saying lately, which we, we believe in strongly, is that there are no new plans, there's, there's new problems. And, and for us, it needs, um, we need to transcend the kind of traditional business centric strategic planning, which is really where the phrase comes from. So the notion that strategic planning happens in higher ed has been driven by a number of different things. How complex um, our organizations have become, how complex the world has become, how complex the external environment has become. Um, so there's a need to manage that. That's been happening for 50s, 60s, 70s, post-war. Um, the uh, rise of the accreditation bodies that um, require a notion of uh, accountability and quantitative and qualitative evidence to support. Are are you saying what you said you will do? And the third one was to try and combat, which is very difficult to combat, which is higher ed in and of itself. It's kind of a kludgy organizational design, legacy organizational design built around disciplines, credit hours, semesters, uh, kind of structural uh, impediments and barriers to change that, um, keep people talking to like-minded people and keep us bound by the registrar's rules as opposed to, um, designs for new possibility and creating new, uh-huh. um, boundaryless environments in which we can start to do substantially more creative things that you can do in the old model. Sure. So the notion of planning linked to strategy. So, you'll strategic plan, you know, your planning and your own know, strategy. Right. But we feel there's possibility there for us to stake out a claim as um, even an infusion of, of, of energy into the notion of planning, but perhaps even a whole new space um, for, for a need that everybody has, but most people do poorly. Sure. Almost everybody does it. Textbook. Um, how do we do it? Most people do it and I think you have a question coming that's yeah, it's, unrelated uh, to a formal body of knowledge. I was just thinking um, you know, if when I hear you
0: talk about integrated planning I get in my mind this view of a, a college or university where you've got uh, planning happening at various levels and in, right. in different organizations and the need for integration comes in part because you 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 shouldn't be planning for where everybody else is today. You need to have exactly a sense of where right. everyone else is going as well, right? Mean,
1: <laughs> exactly. That's a great great point. What we uh, the phrases we've been using lately, um, and if you just view this from a single departmental lens versus an institutional lens, you'd say um, does the future inform the present, or does the present inform the future? And I would think that's a challenging question within a particular departmental domain. But no less, how do you navigate it within, say, you're at University of Michigan and um, you're in research, research and discovery. Um, so, so anywhere on the faculty side, somewhere up through the, uh, I don't know what they call it, vice president for research or something. I can't imagine, uh, I could imagine saying, okay, we're going to create a roadmap because typically we're at the University of Michigan, creating a roadmap for a profession. How am, are we going to get the leading scholars and um Propagate knowledge in this field, uh, what's coming? And how do we think out five, ten years? And then how do we design our organization to ensure we're prepared to meet those unforeseen needs? That's exactly what planning is. How do you coordinate that with the chemists and the biologists and the engineers and uh, the physicists and the applied people and the the, the pure folks? Um, It becomes hard and uh, almost futile in some ways. The other thing that I find
0: interesting is uh, you you talk about strategy and the difficulties around change. And I think it's interesting that, um, you know, SCUP started in in the sort of the world of architecture, physical architecture. That's true. uh, That, you know, we reconnected because uh, you're working with the understanding group on information architecture. Exactly right. Um, Yeah, that's right. and, And that... You know, in, in both, you know, from physical to information architecture, there's this idea of sketching out blueprints um, that help people to see the, the possibilities and to make it real and to help that change process happen, right? I mean, does that Well work? said.
1: No, I mean, it, it's, uh, I mean, I've thought about that a little bit, but I like that phrase, I think it's a timeless phrase, information architecture. I think it's a timeless phrase. And I actually like the word architecture. Um, our struggle with using that word durably, however, is that it's how we've been branded externally. Sure. It's an impediment for joiners sure. because they just think of us as exactly. just that. And, right. and one of our struggles and why we've been focusing on organizational identity is to try and, uh, sharpen and clarify who we are, what we do, and where we're going in a way that will draw new voices while um, the architects and the physical campus planners, folks caring about the built environment, will, they actually want it. They love it. They they want the multiplicity of voices. Um, and we believe once we get those, once we create, um, identify the value proposition and build experiences and content to support them. We're not there yet. Um, we think it's really going to pop. We're, we're, there's no other association that does, right. um, who has a cross boundary mission that we do. Yeah. How do we bring people together? And everybody really struggles with this notion. Um, there's a book I highly recommend that we're, um, a colleague of mine in a different association called Associations for Managers of Innovation. His name is Chris Ernst. It's called Boundary Spanning Leadership. And he has a model all based in research for how any complex organization, military, corporate, you know, massive nonprofit, government. Um, like universities are some of the more complex organizations we have. I mean, I think we have, uh, we borrowed the notion of mission, vision, and values from the corporate world. And what was the old saying, it's um, the only thing we really have in common is this uh, common complaint about the lack of parking. That's like the number one <laughs> thing that we all have in common at a university. Other than that. We have a mission statement and a vision statement values, but it's a fairly, to be generous, balkanized um, operating environment. Sure. Um, so we would not think the conclusion is the opposite of that or the solution is the opposite mm-hmm. of that. Um, meaning, well, we're going to have a Kumaya mashup. No, we don't believe that at all, actually. We believe that the domains and the disciplines of the departments actually have a function. However, um, if we do some collective foresight work, and we redesign our universities in a way um, that will allow us to leverage strengths across boundaries, um, then we really have some possibilities. And our market is really um, the different domains and planning disciplines within any campus environments, you might imagine the ones examples I've used, but also all types of schools that you can possibly name, so elites, research institutions, R1s comprehensives, community colleges, Mm -hmm. four-year schools. So we have layers of different voices who come together, and the more they come, the more they want. Um, So it's our job right now is actually to continue to build the content and the experiences um, diligently but more efficiently than we have in the past. It's still absolutely an investment mode at this point. So I'm curious, um,
0: there's you know, obviously you do a lot of work in planning at the sort of the institutional and the organizational level. Mm-hmm. I'm curious if you see sort of continuity down to the individual or personal level of planning. Uh, you know, so, um, uh, you know, planning is a skill for the individual to, uh, you know, plan their work for the next month or plan their career or even plan a vacation. Do you see some of the skills and things you're working with people at that, those higher levels kind of being relevant to the individual?
1: I would say four layers from the individual to the institution. Mm-hmm. So I've basically been focusing on two, kind the institutional and the organizational, an organizational meaning, division, uh, college, college within the university, um, unit, department. Um, the, the two layers, um, one of which we focus very strongly in the learning model, but we need to build new frameworks for is team which would be smaller, um, ad hoc, they're vehicles for change, and then, and then you're, you're dead on individual. So we tend not to get into the disciplines that you mentioned, but if we want to build over time a comprehensive planning model, we absolutely need to get into things like career arcs um, um, for individuals. And um, as you might imagine, because it's, well, it's at least obvious to me because I've been just like, in it, my career, but in the last two and a half years, I've been so focused on it. Um, it's tangent to really interesting, transformative learning, uh, leadership models, change models that can start from the individual. Um, we, we tend at this point kind of still favor the institutional or organizational. So we really think there's some real growth in that area. Um, we think with great confidence that most planning, independent of those four levels, from the micro to the macro. Um, People really rely on kind of hot potato planning, is the way we call it. It's just kind of uh, a problem has emerged in my lap, and I need to navigate it through. um, I need to navigate chaotic organizational structures and organizational mores. I need to find a way of solving this problem through the phone. (coughs) Um, We actually think there's short-term models that can work on that more interpersonal level that will help people navigate it. Um, The vehicle for change at SCUP, in addition to the campus master plan, has been the strategic plan. and We think that that's flawed. Um, But when you think of a um, a long-range plan, which universities are really weak at, um, that would be 10 years plus. Strategic plans tend to be a planning horizon of five. Um, Tactical operational plans are one to three. And then you have these just day-to-day tactical plans that um, I've never met a person in my career who looks up to the aligned the vertically strategic plan day to day. How do we create models in which those interact uh, through a vertical um, uh, alignment model, but then also through a horizontal alignment model, which we find is where Chris Ernst's book, Boundary Spanning Leadership, really hits on? Is that how do the disciplines across the boundaries um, align? almost in a, um, a grassroots leadership model, uh-huh. not necessarily through the executive leadership, through uh, vertical alignment and allegiance to the campuses strategic okay. plan. There's new models out there that best serve the rhythms of day-to-day work life. Um, so we'll need to do research ourselves to find out what fields they come from. They might even come from personal life enrichment models. Um, how do you navigate conflict? How do you run meetings? Um, short-term things. So, right. simple metaphor of you, your wife, and your daughters want to go to Germany next summer. Let's study that process. Let's create a buyer's journey for that. mean, well, What does that look like? What steps do you take? And then we just do a 12-month plan. We say, okay, well, I don't know Germany. I might want to take a German class. I might want to get a tour book. I might want to watch some films. I want to check up on the press. I want to the State Department of Security, so what would you do? How do we create a predictable model using that simple example? Right. Um, so it's a great question. It's it's not a space other than uh, we want individual growth. I think the models for that in our organization are more emergent sure. than they are mature. Sure.
0: Sure. So we're running uh, out of time, um, but I wanted to just ask uh, for sort of Final thoughts, um, especially um, resources, books, tips that you would sort of suggest for people who want to get better at planning.
1: Oh gosh, I'd have to. I don't know if I could do it on tape. I can just take you over to my office. I could um, let me give you a couple of books that I really like. Uh, Playing to Win is one of our favorites of late. Um, Roger Martin, out of the Toronto School of Business. Are you familiar with it?
0: Yeah, uh, I know of him. I haven't read that book
1: though. Yeah, it's it's awesome. It's cool. Um, we've been getting a lot into Alexander Osterwalder's work on business model canvas and okay, value sure. proposition design, uh, and applying that to planning within our coursework, but then also using it as a vehicle for change as our organization transforms. Um, Tim Ogilvie's work out of uh, his organization called Pure Insight. I can see the book, but I can't tell you the name of it. Okay. I apologize. Um, uh, Larry Keeley's work, K-E-E-L-E-Y, um, 10 Types of Innovation is that what it's called. I wish I was more well prepared to answer that question. No, it's okay. This, Ten stuff. types of innovation is exactly it. Starting so in the that. innovation space, in the strategy space, and again, I could take it over to my office. You can take some quick snaps of, of our little collection. We feel we've, uh, if we haven't we have written it ourselves. We have the, the library of all the things in, sure. that, in that area. In higher ed and in higher ed.
0: I look forward to taking a look at your library. Yes, of course. uh,
1: Anytime, of course. Thank you so much for talking with us and sharing some of your insights. to be continued. Thank you. It's my pleasure.